I had to put the glasses on because of my age, I can't see. Alrighty. Um, I'm a believer in recovery who struggles with depression, anxiety, and gambling. Uh, just to start off a little bit about my background, I grew up outside of Chatham, New Brunswick, which is called Mare Machine now, a place called Black River Bridge. The place is kind of remembered by which notorious murder Al Najira killed shopkeeper John Glenn Denning and went on from there to terrorize the Miramichi. It was a terrible time up there for us and everybody who lived there. So as a young boy, I guess, growing up was a big deal for my mother to go into church because she was a very religious woman and dragged me to church every Sunday we always had to go because the parish priest would pick us up. I had five other brothers and two sisters, but as the baby of the family, I had for some reason when nobody else had to go to church. I can't remember ever seeing my father go to church, but I always remembered growing up, walking by his bedroom door at night and seeing him kneeling beside his bed saying his prayers, which always stayed with me. that he had his own relationship with God that didn't involve a church. I get a little emotional because this, because my, my, both my parents are passed away and three of my brothers. So from there, growing up was pretty good for me as my parents' home was right on beside the river. Great trout fishing. I could walk through the field as a young boy and fish all day, and everyone always knew, <laughs> they always knew where I was when they couldn't find me. There were all, the funny thing is, there was lots of parties and drinking at my folks' home. I'm sure you could classify both as alcoholics, but it was really good home with not a lot of fighting and parents that did love each other and were married for over 60 years. As a teenager, sowing his oats, as they would say, I was pretty good, never really getting into trouble, but definitely had my share of alcohol, even when I wasn't even old enough to do so. Drugs were never a problem in my life, it just never appealed to me, and neither did cigarettes. So, I never did either. As I got older, I only had a few girlfriends, ended up in a 12-year relationship that was good at the beginning, but started to go downhill after six or seven years. And it led to her having affairs while I was working in St. John and was really a downfall for me, which ended the relationship and some excessive drinking at the time. Somehow, I knew that God was still in my life, even at those low moments, something that church did for me as a boy. So, after trying to get a hold of alcohol and control what I was doing, and try to understand that part of alcohol was becoming in my life, because I didn't want to become an alcoholic. Here's where things started to change in my life. I took a weekend trip to St. John to visit my brother who lived here at the time to kind of get away from everything that was happening. <sighs> and lo and behold, I meet this beautiful woman who was friends with his girlfriend. So after some cards, of course, a few drinks, maybe more than we should have, the weekend was over and I headed back home. A few days later, my phone rings, and guess who? 
This woman says, hello, you remember me? And then the wheels start turning now. What did I do? Why is she calling? But really, who could blame her? Like, I had hair and everything back then, you know. The phone calls became an everyday thing, and soon trips to St. John to visit, spend time with each other, till one day she said, why don't you just move to St. John? Nothing really keeping you in Miramichi, is there? And that was all I needed to hear. The move was on. I packed up a mood with her help, of course, and switched companies for work and settled into my new life. This is where things get interesting. One year later, after her constant begging me, please, please will you marry me? I'm not, I'm not going to be able to sit down after this. It happened. October 5th, 1990, we tied the knot. Karen was 23 and I was 30. See, hair I had. Our marriage was good for a long time, but as couples do, we began to argue and fight. Not physical fights, but yelling and such like normal people do. And for some reason, God was not a part of our lives for the longest time. In 1996, our oldest daughter, Chelsea, came along, and it brought great joy in our lives, and everything seemed to be going well again, but something was still missing. We struggled with our relationship, and affairs happened which tore us both apart, leading me to moving out, but God had his own plans. Though through all of this, we knew we still wanted to be together. I believe this in this part of my life that gambling showed up. Not much at first. A few VLTs playing. It was fun. I believe it was at this point in our marriage that we realized what was missing was Jesus Christ. We started back to church and everything started to get some normality to it. But it wasn't great. But we worked on it together. And obviously the hard work was paying off. We were growing closer together. Things were looking up, but there was still a lingering problem. Gambling seemed to be appearing more often. Our youngest daughter, Keila, came along during this time, and our house was full of love again. Over time, we started moving away from the church and God because everything was going well in our life, so we didn't figure we needed. But gambling seemed to always be a part of my life. Hold her, hold her, just just in case. My marriage was good, I thought. Still arguments and quarrels, but the same as all couples, I guess. We're no different. But without Jesus in my life, things were not getting any better. The VLTs seemed to be consuming more and more of my free time, and it wasn't fun anymore. It was costly, and the embarrassed of it was even worse and, and then you have to start realizing you have a problem. You get to the point where no bills are paid. You know you spend all your money. You can't borrow any. And why do you, you don't want to borrow any. You don't want anybody to know your problem. And you're sick to your stomach. And you have nowhere else to turn. So here 
is where Jesus starts working without me even knowing. I was praying and asking for help, and our daughter Keila says, Dad, why don't you and Mom try King's Church? I think you would love it. I think the family photo of us up there. She already attended with her boyfriend's parents, so after one Saturday of gambling, spending most of my money, probably all of my money, Karen and I headed to King's Church for the first time. Really, I'm thinking, what can it hurt? Well, did Jesus have a surprise in the works for me? Walking through the doors felt a little uncomfortable till I met Jamie Hangley, someone Jesus put in place for me. He welcomed us with a smile, continued to show us around and tell us what was happening. I started to feel calm that everything was going to be okay. The service was awesome, and afterwards, Jamie introduced us to his wife and started talking about programs and CR. My question, CR, what's CR? And he says, celebrate recovery was the answer. It's a program we have to help people with hurts, hang-ups, and habits, drug, alcohol, gambling, etc. This is when I knew what Jesus was up to. I asked him for help, and he's given it to me. It really just blew my mind how things were falling into place. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and it will be found. Knock, and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who searches will find. And everyone that knocks, the door will be open. I was told that CR was on a Tuesday night. Just come and check it out. So I did. And wow, life-changing. From that first night, from the worship to the cafe, it was amazing to meet Adam Julie for the first time. How caring they both were and interested in what I had to say. It was the first time I felt relief in years. The next day, I was driving in on Loch Lomond Road, heading to Timmy's, got to go to Timmy's, and this wave of peace came over me that I never felt before. I had to call my wife and tell her because it was like freedom just slapped me in the face. But I knew Jesus was working on me, and I couldn't wait to get back to Sierra. Jesus Christ was coming back into my life full force, and I don't think I could have even said no if I wanted to. He was changing me before my own eyes, and I was liking what I was seeing. I was, <laughs> I was volunteering at church. I'm on the parking lot ministry. It, I was going to church regularly, and I was enjoying it. Getting to know people, good people, and having a CR family that cares. This program is not easy. Adam always preaches about working the program. I, I hear Adam in my head all the time telling people, you cannot come one night and expect things to get better. You have to keep coming, do step studies, find out why things happen the way they do, and you will get freedom from your addictions with this program and Jesus Christ. 
During this process of recovery, Adam and Julie approached me to become a leader. I guess they saw something in me that could benefit the Celebrate Recovery Program and to me to be able to help other people, which I'm forever thankful. To the newcomer tonight, don't just come one night and give up. This program works, especially with Jesus Christ as your co-pilot. You can't lose. As I give this testimony, I have 17 months in recovery. And I'm not looking back. And that beautiful woman, this gets me. More of this. That I met 31 years ago, I'm proud to say October 5th, 2020, we'll be married 30 years. And she walks through the doors of Celebrate Recovery with me every week as a happily married couple. I'd like to thank my sponsors, accountability partners, especially Ian and Jamie, who are always there for me and to keep me on track and my CR family for their caring and support all the time to pick you up when you really need it. Thank you. All. Oh.